Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Hot, Buddy Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Melchester Odyssey. Once again, I have in my hand the 22nd of January 1983 issue of Roy of the Rovers, which promises eight great picture stories every week. And this particular one also promises Mick Mills and Bruce Grobelar in colour. Oh, what a combo. Try to contain yourselves if you can. Now, the front cover is, once again, it's a Melchester-themed one. Uh, it's a little preview of what's coming up inside in the Roy of the Rovers story. And um, it's, yeah, and it's quite simply, it's Charlie Carter uh, on the training ground, diving full length to save a shot, and it just says, the cat is back. I mean, thank yeah. fuck, really, because Tubby Morton has had his, uh, his his career autumn, let's say, over the last few weeks. Uh, He's had the and, autumn and winter all in and, one and fucking winter, game. Yeah. We saw him go shift through all the gears, down through all the gears. <laughs> down, down, down. Mm. And uh, it needs to be it needs to be ended. It needs to be put out of his misery. And it looks like it's happening. He needs Charlie to be Carter taken out and shot. I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah, he's, he brought um, up, I think that's all the best. It'll be the best thing if you just <laughs> shot me right. <laughs> you could turn a body like I'm, mine into I'm, a lot of glue. I've had a good life. I've uh, <laughs> all my finances and the business affairs are taken care of. My wife will be looked after after <laughs> I die, and I think that now is quite honestly the time to be ready to go. She's still, she's still in good enough shape to perhaps find another life partner to live out her <laughs> final years with. I'm nothing but an albatross to her now and to the club. Financially, she'll be well taken care of. I've got some uh, insurance bonds that will mature upon my death. She will have a good income for the remainder of her days. And, uh, it's, it's the greatest gift that I could give her, to be honest, because I am a wreck of physical shambles. Oh, I've, I've got no complaints. I've led a full life. I have eaten many things that have given me great pleasure. Sadly, my one regret is we never spawned a child together. It, it, due to my severely low sperm count, oh, no. uh, which... Could be attributed to my unhealthy diet. We can never I, be sure. I recently had my sperm analysed and it was uh, found to be 19% chip fat, which is <laughs> unacceptably high level for uh, procreation. <laughs> Unless you're planning on impregnating your missus with a nice, lovely chip. <laughs> imagine that, right? No, I don't want to imagine that, Toby. Shut up. I'm speaking in fucking tongues. Imagine being fingered with a chip. Oh. <laughs> now listen, shut up about all that. Let's get back to these, uh, what were it again, insurance bonds. I'm interested in these. <laughs> Am I involved? Am I named in them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Now, if we could do a little bit of nifty paperwork, I could get my accountant onto it. He could look over your paperwork and we could come to an arrangement where a portion <laughs> of that is reserved for me in the event and, of your un, untimely demise. I know that it's very late in the day in terms of your life and your demise is uh, obviously planned for yourself, but if we can rework those documents, with me included in them, I think your wife will do a lot better out of them. I think you know what I'm saying. Listen, Tommy, it's, it's, it's complicated for you to understand, but trust me, I'll put you in touch with my accountant. Well, he is a whiz on the old paperwork. Once he gets his hands on them, we're all going to end up up on the deal. Trust me. But what's very important is that you sign over access to him, or maybe even me. <laughs> oh, oh, see what I can do, Roy. I usually let the wife drink care of that side of things. Yeah, well, it's much better you have a professional. Uh, also, Roy, it needs to be you who administers the final injection because uh, the documents say if I take my own life, there will be no payout. There needs to be uh, an administrator, let's call it. And I want it to be that, you. That's, that's no problem at all. I mean, this, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Tubby. It, this is not my first rodeo. <laughs> I have administered lethal injections on employees I, uh, before. I, I have taken life before. I have snuffed <laughs> out life. Before, Tubby. I have seen it. I have seen the final twinkling of life <laughs> dissolve from someone's I watched, eyes. I have watched that it, final breath, the death rattle. You don't... Yeah, uh, I'm no stranger to that, but you don't need to worry about that. What you do worry about is, uh, if I am going to administer the lethal injection, which I am very happy to do, there needs to be... I've I need to be, be covered. <laughs> I need to be covered in some way. And that is why you need to give me... You need to. I need to get eyeballs, and so does my accountant slash lawyer. Need to get eyeballs on these insurance bonds on the paperwork. Only once we've done that can I start. Can we start talking about lethal injections? Do you see what I'm saying here, Tubby? <laughs> all right, Roy. I'll get that. You need to get something out of this at all. Exactly right. That's it. I, I only ask for a little bit. I'm not asking for everything. Your wife's the important person here. <laughs> uh, I just need to. Oh, what is that you're talking? You need to what your beat. That's the phrase. That's exactly. Right. I need to. You've been paying beat. attention, good lad. <laughs> um. So yeah. Imagine if you had a real beak. I sometimes look at them birds eating with their beaks, and you think you can shovel up so much more food if you had a beak, couldn't you? <laughs> Mouths are all flat on your face. It's dead hard to get food into it at scale. But with I've, a beak, it's like a big face shovel. Have you ever touched the budgie's tongue, Roy? Very, <laughs> it's very rough. <laughs> but very satisfying to the touch. It's I like, don't want to know. I don't want to know, Tubby. It's like a cat's tongue, but it's more turgid. <laughs> it's thicker. Uh, right, I'll tell you what it's like. Do you know what, you know what a cornichon is? You know, the little mini pickled gherkins you get at Christmas. The little ones, Roy, not the big ones. <coughs> yeah, yeah, I know what a gherkin is. No, 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 a gherkin is like the little gherkin. They're all that tiny and bumpy. Yeah, I think I know the ones. Oh, you've got them with patty sometimes in the French restaurant. <laughs> yeah, well, what about them? Well, that's the closest you can get to a budgie's tongue. All right, well, I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> okay, now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to ask now. I don't think I did ask. 
<laughs> oh, I love oh, the cornich on. It goes nice with a bit of cheese as well, the cornich on. <laughs> Do you like pickling, Roy? Do you like pickled products generally? It's a hobby for me. That's <laughs> what I like to do. You know, you can pickle anything. You can pickle a chip. You can pickle chocolate if you wanted. <laughs> Some men like to tinkle with cars in their garage. Me, I like to pickle. You can pickle out. I've got a pickle shop in the shed. But I won't forget, you've got to be scrupulously clean with your jars. <laughs> You can't let any bacteria get in your pickle. You can't get your pickle infected, otherwise it's a fucking waste of time. Got to chuck it all away and start again. It's like science. Lovely pickled beetroot, pickled cauliflower, pickled cabbage, pickled Brussels sprout, even if you want. Well, all right, I get it, yeah. You like pickling, fine. I've got no problem with that. Let's get back to the insurance bonds, though. That's what's important. Okay, now I'm fatty. Oh, Tom, <laughs> not fatty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> and like my uh, mum always says, yeah, all right, fair enough, I am tubby, but I'm not fat. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big lad. I've always been a big lad. I'm big boned. I like my food, so what? I'm, you could say I'm plump. Plump's a word you could say, but no one's wanted to call me plumpy, Morgan, because it don't sound proper. <laughs> When they're singing my name, Plumpy Morgan. <laughs> I'm not obese. I couldn't be a professional athlete like I am before I was obese. So if I find comments like that very damaging to me, psychological. Hello, well, diabetes is more than genetic. It's got nothing to do with your body weight. <laughs> you know, like, like yo, Steve Cramp, he's got diabetes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and he's as thinking as a rake. All he eats is that cereal that he advertises on the telly. Start. Oh, we tried it. It tastes lovely, but when you eat it quickly, it scrapes the skin off the roof of your mouth. Well, that's why I, I stick very, to very that. confusing. I, I like soft foods because the innards of my mouth was very delicate. That's why I, mainly, I generally have mashed potatoes for my breakfast. <laughs> but I've got to let it cool down because I just scoop it in and if it's too hot again the skin off the roof of my mouth when, I, when I wake up my mouth was at its most vulnerable at breakfast time because it's very soft inside it, it toughens up as the day goes on so I can eat increasingly more roughage as the day evolves <laughs> <laughs> do you like roughage Roy? Now, very important to get a lot of what you know, I'll, in terms of your bowel I'll, movements. I'll have mashed potato for breakfast, but then by about 10.45, I can move on to chips. Well, that, that counts as roughage. Fucking <coughs> roughage. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a bit of roughage. There was a bit of roughage in the feathers last night, if that's what you mean. And it didn't do out for my bowel movements. <laughs> So, there, um, yeah, uh, on the front cover we've got uh, Charlie the Cat Carter, uh, Taffy Morgan and Roy are looking on from behind the goal, Roy's got a clipboard, he's probably over overseeing Tubby's um, life insurance there while he's watching Charlie Carter coming back, so um, Charlie Carter's got a big smile on his face, no Baxter's watching and he's giving him the thumbs up, it's no Baxter's way of uh, saying that something's good. Cunt. And um, 
we'll move inside into the story itself and uh, just coming off the pitch at the end of the game it says a disastrous injury listed forced Roy to bring back veteran goalkeeper Tubby Morton who seemed guilty of a series of errors in Melchester Rovers away match against Tynecaster. fortunately for Melchester the referee abandoned the game during a heavy snowfall with the home side leading 1-0 and the Tynecaster fans are not happy uh, some of them in the crowd there you lucky people Melchester the snow lets you off the hook another one but Morton's comeback is over comeback is two words hyphenated there and in inverted commas as in to come back <laughs> instead of the one word that we now are familiar with Morton's comeback is over Roy Race will have to drop him after a display like that and Tubby's getting congratulated by fucking by the uh, the tank the is it Tankaster? Yeah, the Tankaster goalkeeper. It looks a bit like Peter Shilton. Hmm. He's probably just saying, I don't know where the fuck you got away with that, you cunt. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> you fucking shambles. You're fucking <clears throat> stealing a living, mate. I wouldn't yeah. mind your job. You do what the fuck you want, no one cares. <laughs> Savour it, mate, because the last time you were walking off a pitch, tell you that for nothing. <clears throat> and then, uh, but then the Tankaster fans are a bit more generous. They're, we see a close-up of a few of them. And... Um, one says, he's had a great career though. No one could have served the club better than Tubby Morton. Another one. Or been a greater credit to the game. Too right. Fucking hell, man. <clears throat> and now they're um, they're fucking singing his praises as he trudges off through the snow. Remember those two penalties he saved against Port Dean in 1972? And how he played on against Melbourne with a broken hand. Fucking hell. And uh, it's, it all gets very emotional. And they're starting to sing. One says, we'll never forget you, Tubby. This is the Tankaster fans. This isn't the Melchester fans. And they're singing, Morton, Morton. Oh. And Morton's... Oh. He looks completely perplexed. There's snow on his shoulders. A small covering of snow on his shoulders. Just demonstrates how slowly he's been moving, doesn't it? Hooray! They all cry. And he, he says, he thinks, well, I'm blowed. I never thought I'd played well enough to deserve an ovation like this. <laughs> Good old Tubby. <laughs> and, uh, as the cries of sympathy and admiration began to spread through the crowd, oh, he's got a lovely, big, fucking, almost a schoolboyish smile on his face now. And he's got his arms outstretched into the sky as he, he listens to the fucking Tynecaster fans singing his praises. He says, who cares? It's nice to be popular. <laughs> I can do that very often, especially not at all when, when I'm focusing on me pickling and my wife says I'm ignoring her again. <laughs> so sometimes I tell her, it's like you love your pickling more than you love me. And I said, don't be daffled, but secretly in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, that'll probably no, do, to be honest. I don't, I don't think we've got anything in common anymore. I think when she lost interest in Pickering, I think that's when the love died. She was interested at first, but then she realised how quite repetitive it was and lost interest and took a shitting. She, she's more interested in her soaps. She likes watching her soaps. All of them, but I've even got them Australian ones now in the daytime, so what's his oh, sons, uh, sons and daughters. I says, pickling's not transient. I says, pickling's for life. You can't just stop sipping it out of it. you got to be committed to it. 
it takes patience. It's not like when these soap operas are trying you in, you know, instant gratification. But with pickling, you don't get instant gratification. That's the beauty of it. You've got to wait. You've got to watch it. And then finally, the thing's pickled. And then you can eat it if you want, or you can just look at it and bobbing around in the jar like... It's a slow burn, isn't it? It's a slow burn kind of phenomenon. She it's says once I'm dead, she's got to pickle me cock. But I don't, <laughs> know if, I don't know if I want that. But it did make me think that a pickled sausage could be nice. I ain't tried that before, but I might do it. Pickle just maybe a... I won't do like an upmarket sausage. I'll just pickle a Richmond sausage. So then like, if it don't work out, you haven't lost much. <laughs> I could pickle one and then freeze the rest of the pocket. And then eat them from between and wake later. Um, but they're all singing, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow. And, uh, I mean, this is the end. This is Tubby getting written out of the Roy and the Rover story forever, isn't it? Because he's been Get in it out. since the 50s. Get him done. Yeah. It takes up, for one thing, it takes up too much ink fucking drawing the It's too hard to draw. <laughs> it's not cost effective to have a character that fat. Uh, as Tubby eventually reached the Melchester dressing room uh, Tubby's still got a big grin on his face and he says uh, Roy you've got to hand it to those Tancaster fans they're a sporting lot I mean I didn't think I played all that well fucking hell you sure mate Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ it was a fucking nightmare Um, uh, (laughs) Roy Roy's been diplomatic. He says, uh, I, uh, I don't think they were cheering this afternoon's effort, Tubby. <laughs> I think they thought you were a fucking shambles. But uh, never mind. Um, Tubby's fucking full of himself. He says, um, I hope I get a send-off like that when I finally hang up my boots, eh, no? He's deluded. He thinks his career is fucking going from strength to strength here. Poor cunt. <clears throat> and... Um, Tubby throws his flat cap off the side of Noel Baxter's head. Locks. Uh, and uh, Roy thinks, Roy says, but Tubby, oh, what's the use? And then we have a serious look on Roy's face and one of those close-ups of his head. He says, he thinks, why spoil his moment of glory by telling him that the fans are convinced he's just played his last game in first-class football? And uh, that's exactly what's happening. I don't know who's going to break the news to Tubby. Maybe they'll just kill him um, without him knowing about it. He'll be dead soon. And that'll be for them. He won't know anything about it. If me and Blackie do it right, and we usually do, he'll know nothing. (laughs) He'll be going along his merry way one second, and then suddenly it'll be like the screen goes black. Jalapeño. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Jalapeño. Like when they drug Mr. T on um, on the year team, they give him a glass yeah. of milk before they have to get on a plane. They'll just give him some milk, and that'll be it. And uh, we'll give him his glass of milk, and that'll be him gone. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, me and Blackie know how to do it in a variety of ways. If it's someone who we want to suffer, then they can suffer. <coughs> but no, Tubby's <laughs> a different case altogether. We'll make it gentle for him. And then it's just, he will simply <laughs> disappear into who knows what. Is there anything in the abyss? This is something that I try not to contemplate. Do I believe in an afterlife? No. Do I believe no. in reincarnation? Yes, I do. Maybe. <laughs> does it trouble me? Again, yes, it does. <laughs> do you come back as another human or could you be any living creature? Like, for instance, a cat. Again, yes, definitely. Could you come back as an inanimate object? Not sure about that one. Do you get to choose what you come back as? Again, not sure. I'd prefer to be something quite insignificant next time. Have an easy I life. I saw a Tales of the Unexpected where a <clears throat> woman's husband did come back as a cat and she took quite severe revenge on the cat for the the, the evils of her husband in his mortal life. And that got me to thinking I would not want to come back as a cat and then Penny to have the opportunity to reap revenge on me for some of the things that she may have perceived as misdeeds. But what she doesn't understand in her simple mind were just things that I had to do as a man to protect my family. And to put food on the table. <laughs> um, where are we? Yeah, so uh, they're on the bus back to Melchester and uh, Charlie Carter is uh, leading the hijinks. He's going up and down the aisle of the bus, uh, walking on his hands. Which, um, he said he can't. He's just come be... back from injury. Yeah, he shouldn't he, be pulling stunts like that. He should be in his fucking seat with the seatbelt on. Doing a handstand on a moving bus. A moving when, bus, yeah. You've just come back from injury, you daft cunt. We're always just laughing no. different times. <clears throat> <laughs> That's it, go on. <laughs> Do some Good of your fun. tricks to cheer the lads up. Go for morale. Noel Baxter's going, yay, go on, the cat. And uh, Roy's thinking, Charlie Carter is in high spirits. He's obviously expecting to be brought back in the other side in place of Tubby. <clears throat> and then it says, a, few, a training session a few days later, we see um, another angle of Charlie Carter saving that shot that's on the front cover. Um, I don't know who that is, who says, save Charlie. Um, and... Tubby Morton says, ouch, we'll soon find out if that collarbone has finally mended, Roy. Roy's thinking, yeah, the cunt was doing handstands on the bus the other day, of course it's fucking mended. <laughs> this is nothing. By the way, Taffy, what the fuck is he wearing on his legs? I mean, I've heard of keepers wearing tractor bottoms, although I've never particularly agreed with that. But those are more like slacks he's wearing. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Yeah. Golf slacks, yeah. Yeah. They've got creases down the front of them, for fuck's sake. Yeah, they have. Charlie Carter says, Not a twinge, Taffy. I'm fully fighting fit again. <laughs> um, Taffy says, Great I'm news, eh, right? For I'm big match oh. this Saturday. <laughs> I'm heap cop tie. <laughs> um, Taffy says, Great news, eh, Roy? Uh, Roy says, Yo, bet, Taffy. And then here comes Sam Barlow with his fucking trademark sheepskin coat on to be worn all year round. Um, it says, Sam Barlow, the club chairman, interrupted the conversation. 
Uh, Roy, about Tuppy. I feel the club should show its appreciation for the way he's helped us out during this injury crisis. <laughs> Roy says, uh, do you, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I think, Interesting. I think it's been a fucking disaster. If you put your hands in your pockets, we could have signed someone better. Or maybe got yeah. someone on loan. No. How do you think we should fucking refer? Uh, how do you think we should fucking reward him then? Give him a fucking trough full of fucking turnip tops to scoff on. <laughs> <laughs> Put out a trough for him with a load of fucking turnip tops and apple cores. Fucking farmyard. And he can fucking feed from that at the side of the pitch on Saturday, so all the all the fans can watch and cheer him on. <laughs> Then, then how about we weigh the cunt like at a fa- country fair <laughs> and the fans get to guess the weight <laughs> uh, then we can dunk him like he's a witch uh, <laughs> which by the way I've got a strong feeling he might be but that's another conversation <laughs> <laughs> I think Noel Baxter might be as well we can dunk him while we're, while we're on while we've got the tank Let's just say, Sam, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. I've, I've got I've got strong fears that there's a lot of witchcraft going on uh, here I in the squad and we need to do some sort of purge. I think our first team might well be 40% witch. We need to find out once and yeah. for all. It's not on. just won't work at this level of football. You can maybe afford one witch in your team, but not 40%, come on. Uh. So Sam suggests perhaps a benefit match or a dinner at the supporters club and a, oh, a nice off. big dinner. <laughs> He'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roy goes, Tubby deserves any honour we can give him, Sam. But before you start arranging things, you better look at this. It's the team sheet for our next match against Melbourne. And we can't see what Sam Barlow can see. It might be a cock and balls that Roy's drawn on, yeah. the, on the clipboard. But Barlow's, Barlow's physically trembling he can see the movement lines by his head. And he what, goes, what? what? what, what, what? <laughs> and there's the lineup. There's the team sheet for the next game. And fucking Tubby Morton's in goal. <laughs> Sam Barlow says, you picked Tubby again, Roy. You can't be serious. If you don't bring back Charlie Carter, he'll probably ask for a transfer. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So there we are. Uh, that's the end of that one. It it's says, a weird team, um, isn't it? Though no, I'm just looking at the team. I've become obsessed with the team now, because Nat Guston, apart from the fact that Morton's in goal, Nat Guston's centre back. I'm pretty sure Nat Guston is a pretty frail, but like yeah. quite um, technically gifted centre mid. I thought he was supposed to be a bit like, you know, like He's... Gordon Cowns or something. Oh, just that kind of someone who just sits in midfield, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He just, just you know, he, he, get, gets it and gives it. Gets it and gives it. He's composed the on the ball. Fig, the dunga so figure, yeah. He's not a centre-back. And then, what else did I think was weird? Oh, yeah. what Kenny Logan's centre-forward had no idea that that was his fucking position at all. Yeah. In fact, I thought it was not Slade, but that other one, who looks a bit like Jimmy Slade. And then... Uh, Whatever happened to fucking Vernon Elliott? Oh, is he not injured? Was he not injured from the summer? Because it's still from the fucking the summer. Pretty oh, much from the cricket thing, that. yeah. Strange lineup though. And mm. race I thought Racy was centre forward, to be honest. But he's he's got himself centre mid of a midfield three yeah. with Blackie and Jimmy yeah. Slade. Peculiar. Well, yeah. Just goes to show, doesn't it? So it says Andy, next see week. that how they've written the team out there on the thing. Did you mm. 
do you have access to any of your old school books? Do you, do your parents have them in the attic or anything? Or they all they burnt? might have. I'm not sure. They're quite a bit. If they do, they might have. Yeah. Any old notepads or anything that I find, whether it be from school or old jobs or whatever, I've got loads of in the yeah. upper storage and in the attic. There's fucking notebooks upon notebooks, all sorts of nonsense in. Some yeah. of them are quite entertaining to look back on, but the one consistent in all of them was constantly mm. writing out football teams. Yeah. Like, yeah. almost like, um, I'm sure a lot of listeners will have this as well, like, it was almost like an anxiety thing, like a nervous tick, like, mm. just writing again and again, 11s. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? West Ham teams, England teams, mm. Premier League, best of 11s. Do you know what I mean? Like, any fucking yeah. 11 you can think of in formation. I can't remember doing that myself. Maybe that was just something that was unique to you, but um, that, that's fine. I used to like drawing um, kits, Oh, you know yeah. the um, on the, on the league ladders that that yeah. fucking that outline of a, a shirt and shorts and everything. I used to like doing that and colouring and designing kits. Um, but you can't go back. They do it you? all on the computers now. Yeah, they do. It's taking it's that little joy away. Yeah, I mean you can get better effects and everything, can't you? You've got more of a palette to work with than you do. Yeah, with just you the can. Pen and and the on the new board. FIFA, I think they're giving you a lot of options to create your own club. Your own right. and your own club, you can design your own badge, and Len's really excited about that because obviously he likes that sort okay. of thing. But part of me thinks, yeah, but he was doing that with paper and pen, and he's got a folder yeah. of all of his like made up teams in and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, making up match day programs, and now a mm. lot of it is kind of automated. Like you'll be doing it on FIFA, and they'll give you like ten different options to choose from. Mm. You know, so it's pros and cons in it. You can't fight the future. Yeah. Um, so this is next week Roy seems at loggerheads with the whole club that'll be good um, and then Mark's out of 10 I'm giving I'm that 10 I'm at loggerheads with the old fucking club here even the tea lady there's only going to be one um, fucking winner though there always is yours truly I'm going to give that um, 10 out of 10 really yeah, enjoyed me that too. 10 out of 10 in fact, do you know what there was real emotion and pathos in that episode yeah. of yeah. Roy the yeah. Rovers I felt it truly was um, moving on elsewhere in the paper this week where's this bit that I've sent you I've sent you a couple of other bits there's the, the, uh, the phone call and Roy's fucking message to the fans where is it come on you cunt show yourself bear with me there it is Roy's message um, <laughs> Roy Roy's begging for content in Roy's message this week he says um Hi, pals. Before I forget, I must thank you all for the Christmas and New Year cards I received. This is 22nd of January. Uh, they were greatly appreciated and I feel flattered. There's something else I would like from you, pals. More original jokes. Of course, there's a joke page, which is cartoon jokes, where they're illustrated by one of the illustrators, but the readers send in the jokes and then they get illustrated. He says, your response to my last request has been good, but I need more. Remember, no repeats or obvious copies of other funnies. You won't win three pounds that way. So, <laughs> <laughs> the well is running dry. Bastards. <laughs> the well of comedy is running dry, and I need you cunts to fill it up again. Chop, <laughs> chop, come on. Think. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think the funniest page is actually in this issue either. So, they must have just completely ran out of, of gags, um, which have also been a bit of a guy actually dropped dead. Which is a fucking serious problem. Because he was the only cunt who could come up with this shit on the old paper. So I'm handing it over to you now. 
And if you don't fucking come up with something fast, I'm dropping the old page. I'll just replace it with a picture of me. <laughs> then we've got um, Four Call of the Week. This is great. This is from Darren Michelson. It says, Darren lives in Walton, Liverpool, 25, and said, I'm, well, in Roy's voice, rather, uh, lives in Walton, Liverpool, 25, and said, I'm 12 and a half, and I've only been reading Roy the Rovers for a short time. In fact, two issues. I'd say it's the biggest load of rubbish going. <laughs> Most of the stories are pathetic. They're so predictable. You know what's going to happen next. Having said that, Space Invader and Wheelchair Wonder are quite good. The sign please pages are dominant and advantage to the paper. I support Everton and go to every home game. I consider myself one of their greatest fans. Thank you very much for listening to me, but I'm not satisfied with Roy of the Rovers. You probably won't print my call because you won't like the criticism. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. Yeah, well. <laughs> Think again, Your move, mate. Because I've, I've just printed it. Yeah. Your fucking move, pal. And Roy says, on the contrary, Darren, besides £3 will buy you more copies of my paper. That way you'll get to like it. <laughs> How about I fucking <laughs> come round and we talk about it face to face, cunt? I've got your address. <laughs> I have like plenty of time. Me. Training finishes at 12 and the feathers doesn't open now until after three. So I've got plenty <laughs> of time on my hands. <laughs> this got me thinking. I thought, who the fuck? is going to be um, fucking ringing up Roy Race at age 12 and a half and cunting him off like this. Who, you know, what could happen to this person in later life? So I thought I'll, I'll Google Darren Michelson and oh, try brilliant. to figure out where he brilliant. is. And I found him. And it's, well, I've, I found Darren Michelson and it's got his age. He's uh, He was born in February 1970, apparently, which makes him this Darren Michelson, uh, 12 and a half in 1983. And Darren Michelson has been in the music industry for 25 years and has managed the Smashing Pumpkins, Echo and the Bunnymen, and the Sundays, and has also worked with Elton John. Fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. What a legend. Yeah. Matt, we've got got to track Michelson down. Is he on Twitter? (laughs) I couldn't find him on Twitter. No. No. I mean, he might be on... Mate, I've he got connections in the music industry, so do you. It won't yeah. take us long to find a man like this. I'm just looking to see if he's on Facebook, because I've got a few pals in Facebook who are in the music business, so he might be like a, showing up as a connected friend sort of thing. Mm, no, can't see him. But, we I mean, found you know, someone before like this. I can't remember, but it was someone who'd written in for a prize, and we found yeah. him, and he was living he down a- in... Yeah, he had a a small batch brewery or something like that, didn't he? Yeah, he had a craft beer outfit. But mind you, that doesn't narrow it down. Every cunt cunt in their fucking 40s has a small batch fucking craft beer company (laughs) these days. Could be anyone. (laughs) Oh, it's definitely him. Because his company was called L25 Entertainment. And he lived in Liverpool 25, as it says in that thing. Fucking hell. Darren Michelson. I'll find him, no problem. So hang on. Smashing pumpkins. Who else? Echo and the Bunny Men, the Sundays, and he's worked with Elton John as well. Oh, don't we? We know the Echo and the Bunny Men's current manager. Yeah, we do. We went we do. out drinking with him in Liverpool. So Easy, yeah. So he'll probably know the last bloke because they probably had to do some paperwork <laughs> handover. This is fucking great. I would really love to get in touch with this guy and say, look, we were doing a Royal, we're just telling this story. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. 
Anyway, this more, is quite more addictive in a way. Done. Looking up, the, like finding out what became of the people who wrote letters to Roy the Rovers. Yeah, yeah. More research will be done, and I'm sure this isn't the last we we hear of this S- spin-off podcast. The letter writers. <sighs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. Humans of honour. The the final thing in this issue is, I mean, let's be honest, it's fucking pornography. It's um, it's an advert for the next issue of Shoot magazine. Oh yeah! Trying to find the fucking thing. Have you got it there in front of you? Where yeah, I have it. And uh, in it, I think. Tell are us they what it giving says. away the Panini it. sticker album, nineteen eighty-three. Or are they giving away they stickers? Are. Yeah. Plus That's six amazing. stickers and the album. That's how they get you, isn't it? They give you the album for free, and then well, bloody, a few stickers. It's, that, and it's a great gateway drug. Oh, isn't it? Look yeah. at that man. Free Football 83 album plus six self-adhesive stickers to start a collection of 527. Buy Shoot now, get a free 68-page Panini album plus this packet of stickers. Um, you know what? This was my first Panini album. I remember it. Because I remember the... Although, having said that, I was about to say I remember the packet, the design on the packet. Um, mm. But it might be that every year it was like that. But I'm pretty sure 83 was when I started. And it was yeah, definitely... I remember these ones. It was definitely my first Panini sticker album that got me heavily... I mean, I'd liked football just because my brothers and, you know, people had liked football Mm. around me, but I wasn't... It was when I was about eight that I went really, like, over the edge into obsession, and it was the sticker albums that did that. And you know what? My mum, despite the fact she's got four sons who are all football-obsessed, she's one of those mums who doesn't... She, she'll she follow the scores of our teams and she'll send a little text if we've won. But she has yeah. no... I really respect for it. She's got no fucking interest or understanding that. of football. That's but lovely, yeah. she... When I was eight, she bought me my first Panini sticker album. I hadn't even heard of it yet, but she knew of it because my brothers had done it and she just brought it home from work one day and go, there you go, that's a sticker album. These are stickers. Open it up and fucking Get stick them where the number says you got to stick them. That's it. <laughs> And that was all carefully. she said. Yeah. Do it carefully. Because once yeah. they're in, they're in. <laughs> no fucking wrinkling. Don't come running to me if you've fucking done a slapdash job. And, you you know, I don't know, Gary Micklewhite is stuck in. It's all bubbly and shit. And you're coming to me and saying, Mum, can you fix this? Because I won't be able to. Because it's unfixable. If I tear that off and smooth it out, the stickiness will be gone. And then you'll all be like, can't you stick it on with Pritt stick? It don't work like that, you cunt. No. <laughs> so look, then, I don't know what the fuck this is it's football or something all I do know is that if you sit there sticking these fucking stickers in that book you might give me a fucking hour's piece once in a while yeah. <laughs> that's what i take your time <laughs> um, and there it is so that's free in shoot magazine so that would be I mean yeah I think my first first one was football 79 and you're four years younger than me, so football mm. 83, that makes sense of that being makes your sense, first one. Yeah. It's, that, it's, that, it's that fucking uh, rite of passage thing, isn't it? And we were talking then a little bit of it about how FIFA's changed the nature of, you know, your fo- kind of football, um, your interaction with football and mm. consumption and all of that. But actually, sticker albums are the great survivor, aren't they? Because I've got both yeah. my kids' sticker albums in the past. And... Yeah. Um, you know, I remember even my daughter was pretty young in like the two thousand and uh, 
maybe it was 2014 or 2012 euros and she was like bang into it really really into yeah. it and lends into it too so stickers despite all the new technological advancements they've uh, they've stood the test of time haven't they they have totally so um, I think that's about it it's been a very very eventful episode mm. um, there we go we'll be back with more uh, same time next week goodbye bye bye bye